The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. It is mailbag time. Send us emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I, cbsi.com, fantasyfootballcbsi.com. You can also leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts with a five-star review. Please tell everybody why you like our show. Even if you don't want to leave a question, uh, we'd appreciate your support there on Apple Podcasts. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings, podcast host Heath Cummings, and Jamie Eisenberg as well. What's up, Mr. Dynasty? Mr. Dynasty. That is, that's, that's kind of a neat name. Yeah, I should maybe create a Twitter account. Thank you. Great moment from the Dynasty podcast, which is only on YouTube right now. Um, are those going to be dropping in our feed? Did we determine that? I, I don't believe so. I, I do know that you did a fantastic job of introducing it, though, last week when you were telling people about the about the new podcast that is only on YouTube. <laughs> I didn't and know. And so everybody kept asking about the podcast that you introduced that is only on YouTube. <laughs> Nobody told on YouTube. me. Nobody told me, but it's on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Uh, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. But anyway, it was a great show. Uh, Heath, Dave, and Dan, and Heath got a little taste of what it's like to be a host when you say, okay, here's a question for you. What's one rule that needs to be in any dynasty league? And Dan's like, well, if this isn't a rule, but here are three things that you could do in a dynasty <laughs> league. Right? And then it's like, okay, uh, well, Dan didn't answer the question. Dave, what's one rule that you should put in a dynasty league? And Dan's, Dave's like, uh, well, uh, if you're a commissioner, you should be prepared to work really hard. It's like, okay, that's nobody answered the question. How's that? How did that feel, Heath? Then oh, yeah. he froze. Then he froze again. <laughs> oh, man. There he is. There he is. What's up, Heath? I, I have no idea. Like, I have the, I promise you, the, the, the best internet available in South Florida that I can find. <laughs> last couple of days have it's not been great Somebody at least he froze on a smile it was like a very happy look yeah yeah, yeah. We're into it. Uh, another funny moment from the podcast Heath was about to make a joke at my expense 
and his internet cut out in the middle of I, the You joke. have no idea what I was about to say. I said <laughs> Azer. Like, it could have been a compliment. I don't think so. I think it was about me not hosting a show. But okay, anyway, check out the new Dynasty podcast every Tuesday, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. All right, so we've got our mailbag, and we're going to get right into it. After I tell you to vote for us, sportspodcastgroup.com. You've got about a week left. Please vote for the fantasy and sports betting category. Please vote for fantasy football today. We are a finalist. The winner is going to be all about fan votes, so we need your help. Go to sportspodcastgroup.com or click the link in the episode description and vote for fantasy football today in the sport fantasy and sports betting category. Here is the first email. It is from David. Do you think Mike Williams' value goes up with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator? He's more of the downfield threat instead of Keenan Allen. Do you think Mike Williams' value goes up with Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator? Jamie? I don't know if it goes up, but I think it kind of just stays at a level where you can trust him as a number two receiver. I think he'll still be volatile, you know, where there'll be some big weeks and there'll be some weeks where he disappears. I think just once we get past the draft and you see the full picture of what this team is, and the, and the biggest thing will be is, is Austin Eckler still on the roster, you know, then you can sort of determine where he's at. But, you know, the 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 overall picture, I think, for Mike Williams, I think it's been a good offseason so far. No no key additions to the receiving core and an upgrade at the offense coordinator. If anything, I would be more concerned. Um, every time I say more, I'm going to think that I'm saying – M O O R E, but more more concerned that before this past year, you really didn't see a wide receiver in his offense get a huge share of the targets. He, they would spread the ball around to guys like Noah Brown, and and I now they like the Chargers have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, three really pretty talented wide receivers. Palmer's probably better than any number three wide receiver that Moore had in Dallas. And they still have Gerald Everett right now. They still have Austin Eckler. So I I, I think it's possible the offense gets a little more diverse than it was. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not upgrading Williams. Yeah, but the nice thing is, you know, people are basically going to downgrade Williams from where he was a year ago. I'm looking at a draft that we did our Fantasy Football Today draft in 2022, and Mike Williams went... 31st overall, something like that, toward them. Actually, one pick before Justin Herbert, but uh, seventh pick of round three. So, right around 31, I think 31. And uh, in the draft that we did last week, and again, I'm not trying to make everything out of this one draft we did, but I do think this is going to happen. He went in the fifth round. So, we'll see if he goes up. But, you know, I I didn't really want to draft Mike Williams last year if I had to take him in the third round or early in the fourth, but he could, you know. Fourth, fifth round? Hell yeah. Would you guys be happy with him in the fifth round, Mike Williams? It's a good spot. That's it? Just a good spot? It's not a great yeah. spot? No, I think... I'm sorry, I was on mute. Uh, thrilled. Absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was waiting for the enthusiasm there. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question from Dom Cabs. Came across an incredible stat. Since week seven, that's when Deontay Foreman became the starter for the Panthers... Deontay Foreman had 191 carries for 876 yards and five touchdowns and 12 carries of at least 15 yards. Nick Chubb had the exact same stats, except he had one more carry. They both had 876 yards. I actually think I actually think Foreman had 877 yards and Chubb had 876, but I'll let uh, Dom Cav have his day. Nick Chubb and... and um, and uh, Deontay Foreman had the same exact stats, basically, from week seven on when Foreman became the starter. 
Uh, and he says, pretty impressive for Foreman. Thunder to Herbert's lightning. Your thoughts, Heath? Gosh, really? Is this the best <laughs> internet that they have in South Florida, Jamie? Uh, apparently not. I'll take mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what do you think about this? This is pretty impressive stuff. It also wasn't the best stretch for Chubb, but it wasn't bad. But what do you think? Um, I think that Deontay Foreman's not a bad flyer. You know, I mean, we'll, we're going to find out what the Bears think. You know, and that's the biggest thing is do, do they value Khalil Herbert being on their team more so than they do bringing in a guy who, for the last two stops that he's been in, has been pretty impressive. I mean, you know, Tennessee, when he replaced Derrick Henry, he had a nice stretch. Obviously, last year when he replaced uh, Christian McCaffrey, he had a nice stretch. You know, and so it's just one of those things where I, I think you look at his opportunity here. This Bears offense is going to be better. You know, it's going to add some pieces. They have a lot of draft capital. I would assume they're going to, you know, invest in their offensive line because their quarterback situation is is solid. They added their receiver. Uh, we'll see if they're done there again. But um, if he's the first and second down guy, which would not be a huge surprise, then I think you're going to really enjoy getting him for the value that you'll get him at, which is going to be a pretty late round pick. Hi, Heath. Hey, Adam. <laughs> uh, why don't you go to Jamie's for these podcasts? You guys yeah, I should. Share, yeah. share some internet. Uh, your thoughts on the Bears' backfield? I think it's um, it's pretty close to a coin flip who's going to be the lead back in this backfield, assuming it's Herbert and Foreman to start the year and there's no further additions. Um, obviously, Herbert's younger, has uh, not quite as extensive of an injury history as Foreman, but they both have the ability to be very explosive on the ground. They don't really still, like I guess Travis Homer is going to be their third down back, which kind of makes it gross if one of Foreman or Herbert doesn't dominate early downs. Um, I don't really want a situation where you've got two guys splitting the rushing downs and someone else taking the passing downs. So is Foreman injury prone or did he just have the big injury? I, would I, would, I, don't, I don't think I said he was injury prone, but you said more, um, more injury track record. Cause like Herbert's yeah. missed more time the last couple of years than Foreman has. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so oh, I'm just, I'm just I'm just, unless I'm missing. Uh, well, so we'll be kind of fluid in how we approach this backfield and wait to see what the reports are. I think like to go back to, to our recap of the meetings, like the Bills backfield feels similar to me. You know, like where you could see a first and second down guy and a third down guy or, or a split that the new addition might be better than the in-house player. Yeah. All right. Next email is from Joey. Would you trade pick 2.3 and Darnell Mooney for Sky Moore, who, because I watched the Dynasty show, I know he's a big riser in Heath's wide receiver rankings. This is a full PPR Dynasty league. Would you trade pick 203 and Darnell Mooney for Sky Moore? Yes. Yeah, I think I think that's uh that's a good deal. Um I might want to see who's available at 203, but I, most likely I'm gonna like that trade a lot. All right, this is from George. He went to YouTube just to see Jamie's face in the Doug Peterson photo. And he said, normally I only listen to the podcast when working out, but I had to see this photo. I was not disappointed. Fantastic photo. Jamie needs a Snickers. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Travis Kelsey and his age? Is he a safe pick? 
I have taken him in round one or two the last two years, and I've gotten to the championship game two years in a row. I have been going zero RB. How do you feel about Travis Kelsey and his age? Heath Cummings. Definitely take him in the first round. Doesn't feel as safe as the wide receivers I'm taking in the first round, but similar to the running backs. Um, Father time is undefeated. There is going to come a year where the massive drop-off happens, or at least we start to see some decrease. But he's been so incredible lately that you can't project that for next year. Do we- so, Adam, you, you, you made the, for anybody that didn't catch our show with Samantha Praviti, um, you said you're, you've downgraded Kelsey from 101 to 102. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a continual slide for for Kelsey? Uh, maybe I not that not past like six, you know. But no, no, no. I, I think that's pro- I don't know where, where you have me. That's that's basically where I have him at six. That's what Samantha said as well. I think I feel like I'm going to have him ahead of every running back. It's just with Jefferson, you know, you're talking you're talking about while you do have the position scarcity thing with Kelsey. You're talking about a lot of points. I, I just I can't see Kelsey outscoring Justin Jefferson. I could see him being more valuable uh, than Jefferson because of the tight end thing. But you might be you might be passing up like 50, 60 points, and I, I just think that's probably too much, even with position scarcity. Yeah, I I think it's easy to say that with Jefferson and Chase because they're so young. I think the interesting one is Cup. Yeah. Um, because Cup is old for a wide receiver, but he's also what four years younger than Tra- Travis Kelsey. And when Cup's been healthy the last two years the difference points wise between him and kelsey is the same if not more than between jefferson and kelsey did this offseason i mean we just talked about sky Moore moving up does it matter to you what they do at wide receiver i mean it has this offseason been better for kelsey or just the same Has he just he's kelsey and it doesn't nobody else affects travis kelsey i don't think the i mean losing juju and hardman because basically they they played the majority of the season certainly the second half in the playoffs without hardman so that to me is, you know, not a, not a factor. Losing Juju, I mean, they'll replace that with whatever they do in the draft or whatever they decide to do, you know, with what's left in free agency. Now, again, they could still swing for the fences and get DeAndre Hopkins, and that changes things. Or they're still receiving. Remember, last year, I'm pretty sure there was, uh, around the NFL draft, there was a couple guys that moved. I know A.J. Brown was moved in draft night, and I think Tyree Hill was moved around the draft. They could still make a home run swing that we don't know. And that that might change some things a little bit, but if it's if this is what we're looking at, it's Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and uh, MVS, and 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 that's their three top receivers. It's kind of the same deal, right? I, I guess you could just argue that Juju Smith Schuster was a you know a pretty big part of the offense before his concussion, and they have nobody who's had even close to that kind of target. But I mean, it's, right? But that's where that's where the upgrades come for Tony and Moore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from. Nick, believe it or not, Jordan Love will have a better fantasy year than Aaron Rodgers. Cue Heath Sigh. Ooh, boy, I really should have cued that up there. But there we go. What do you think? Jordan Love will have a better fantasy year than Aaron Rodgers, believe it or not. I don't believe it, but I do think it's like it's not that it's not it's not that wild to think of. Like Aaron Rodgers wasn't himself last year. And he's going to a new team, and who knows when he's going to get to that new team. And he's he's got some things to learn and some guys to get on the same page with. So it's possible. 39 years old and said he was 90% thinking about retirement before he went to cave. <laughs> I mean, just think about some of the things that have gone on with him. Now, granted, you look at the receiving core he's leaving, and I know he's bringing some guys with him, but Garrett Wilson is, 
I think at this point, I think, I'm sure we probably all agree, a, a better option, I don't know, talent, but a better option than Christian Watson. You know, or maybe a slight upgrade. I don't know however you want to qualify it, but, you know, it feels like he's a little bit better player at this point. Uh, receiving court, probably better. Um, offense system, probably better. What he's familiar with. You know, I know what Heath is getting at. He's got to go to a new team, but he's going to know what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do. So, I don't know. I, I would say if they're both healthy, Aaron Rodgers should be better. But he's also going to face the Bills twice, the Patriots twice, and, and the Dolphins defense that certainly got better twice versus what Jordan Love is dealing with with the Vikings defense that's seemingly falling apart. A Lions defense, while it's better, and a Bears defense might be better, but I think the division's probably more favorable for him. So not a huge stretch to see Jordan Love being better, but I, I would still put my money on Aaron Rodgers. It, it's just like, yeah, both of these guys, like it, it's, it will be very easy halfway through the season if this goes poorly to say it wasn't that hard to see it coming for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets not working out. Like there's a lot of red flags and then obviously love hasn't has barely played in the NFL. So it's very easy to imagine him being bad as well. I mean, you think about hall of fame guys that have switched teams late in their careers. Russell Wilson was terrible last year. If you want to put him in that category, Stafford, great, you know, first time going to new team, Matt Ryan trash. Um, They're all different though. Tom Brady, Oh, that's what I'm saying. They're all over the place. You know, Tom Brady was great. Peyton Manning was great. You know, so Tom Brady. You know um, what though? Tom Brady was not great. People forget that. His first half of the season, it was he couldn't connect with Mike Evans. His first season in Tampa Bay, couldn't connect with Mike Evans. He can't throw the deep ball anymore. He was coming off a bad season. He got written off by a lot of people. Then they signed Antonio Brown. He started playing a little bit better. Then he won the Super Bowl. Um, but he, <laughs> it was terrible. There was an adjustment. No, there was definitely an adjustment period for him. Uh, I do think people forget about that. And, you know, I, I, it is good that Hackett is is uh, is there. And they're basically like, yeah, Rodgers will know the offense like the back of his hand. Um, but yeah, I just want to bring that up. There was an adjustment period for Tom Brady. All right, controversial one here, guys, from Frank. I debate amongst a lot of people is the new number zero. Oh, no, a debate. Excuse me. A debate amongst a lot of people. Let me try it again. A debate amongst a lot of people is the new number zero and guys wearing single digits. I personally love it. If a skill player wears a single-digit number, he goes up a tier for me. Others <laughs> hate it with a passion. Where does the FFT crew stand? Adam should answer last, as I imagine he has the hottest take on it. I moved Calvin Ridley up just because he's number zero. <laughs> a whole tier? Like three. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fun that Calvin Ridley's wearing zero. I, I don't really care that much. I think it's great. I think... Um, well, I didn't like it at first because I have a, I have trouble with numbers. Not not the zero thing, but just when numbers became, you know, anybody can have anything and the wide receivers weren't always wearing the eights. I have trouble with numbers to begin with, like memorizing jerseys. I have no, I don't know what number Daniel Jones is. I have no idea what number he is. Um, so Isn't I, Darren, Darren Waller's going to be 12? And I actually thought that Daniel Jones was 12. He might be. They might both wear 12. I don't know. <laughs> I did see the uh, just the numbers thing that... Um, the, the Cowboys story about maybe bringing back Zeke that he won't have 21 because Stephon Gilmore already took it. Oh, interesting. Apparently Zeke was 21. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't love it at first, but now I'm all about it, and seeing a zero will be will be great fun. So, Frank, I agree I, with you. Rise of them I saw here. S- someone was complaining about T. Higgins changing because they had one of his 85 jerseys. Doesn't it make the jersey cooler if it's a number they don't wear anymore? Yes, 100%. Vintage. Okay. And 
Also, I think there should be a size element to this. I think T. Higgins has to wear something in the eights in the eighties. He's just too big. You can't. He can't be wearing a zero. Well, they do that for linemen, right? Like some of these numbers, they're not allowing linemen to wear. I would hope not. You can't have a lineman wearing zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. anarchy. I want to see a lineman wearing zero. I, I, want to see, I want to see Chris Jones in double zero. <laughs> okay, double. Okay, ooh. So is it just zero or it's not double zero? I think it's just zero for now. Now, double zero is interesting. Yeah. If your last name starts with O, you should be guaranteed to wear zero. Like yeah. Chris Olave should be zero. Also fine with that. Yeah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about actual football stuff. Uh, Lamar Jackson question from a dumb fantasy guy in Arizona. We'll be right Chigo back. Conquo should be zero. Oh, double zero. All right. We'll be triple zero. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. Uh, question from just a dumb fantasy guy Albert in Arizona. Albert should be zero. Yeah, you're right. Uh, why does everyone think Lamar Jackson is worth the money he's asking for? He's only been above 66% completion once in his career. His QB rating has only been above 70 once. Is that true? No. Uh, that can't be true. Not true. Because of his running, he gets hurt, and the older he gets, the more fragile he'll be. It seems like the pundits just think he deserves a Mahomes deal, but unless he can continue to run and only throws to the middle of the field, I don't get it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this, Jamie? Hot take. I mean, first off, you have to look at the market and what these guys are getting paid. So, does he deserve to be paid Deshaun Watson money? I, you know, I, I think that Deshaun Watson doesn't deserve to be paid Deshaun Watson money. You know, so is he in right. the upper echelon of quarterbacks? He's an MVP. He's a guy that could immediately turn your franchise around to make them a winner, whether there's a Super Bowl winner or just uh, you know a playoff contender. That's probably where the debate lies. But if he goes to the Colts, if he goes to the Falcons, if he goes to the Commanders, that, that franchise is immediately better. You know, and, and they sell more jerseys and they sell more tickets. And so the value of the team becomes better with him on it. That being said, he's a probably depreciating value because of the way that he plays. You know, and, and you look at what he's done as a quarterback. And this is not a matter of can he throw it? He obviously can't. But if he continues to play this way, He's a liability, and we, we talked about this with the Josh Allen stuff and what Sean McDermott said. I mean, it's just it's just the natural progression of how these guys have to evolve as as their position evolves, and so I think that's the biggest issue. You know, in terms of what Lamar Jackson's value is, you have to pay him that contract. You have to give up two first round picks for him. That's a lot. Not necessarily. It, Only it, so. If you sign him to a contract and the Ravens don't match it, yes, you have to give up two picks. You could work out a deal with the Ravens where they sign him to a contract and trade him to you 
for predetermined compensation. So it doesn't have to be that they way. would not okay, trade so Lamar Jackson to... for less than two firsts. Right, Absolutely I mean, they're not correct. giving him away. But so... that's the franchise rule. But you're right. He, it'll be at least two firsts. Yeah. Okay, so Sorry. significant Sorry. draft compensation. You have to pay him. And then you have to deal with, is he going to progress? And is he going to make your offense better and your team better? And that's the questions I think a lot of these teams are dealing with. And so, you know, it's, it's a surprise that, a, was he 26? 26-year-old. MVP is not getting any interest, or at least you're not hearing about any interest. And again, you know, go back to what we talked about with the with the NFL meetings, you know, for what these coaches were saying that they don't want him from what it sounds like. You know, the only one I think that, that I saw some semblance of interest was the Colts. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to go the Anthony Richardson route, why not take a guy who's already done that, you know, from, from that style of play? So it, it's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, my guess is that uh, – you know, he's going to have to deal with what, what the, the Ravens are offering, which sounds like it's a pretty significant deal, you know, that, that they're, they're if, if what he said, you know, I think it was, what, three for 144 or something like that, uh, the offer, um, significant guarantee money. I, I, I don't remember exactly what he said with his, his social media stuff. But is he, is he worth that? No. But, again, Deshaun Watson setting the bar, he wasn't worth it. Well, and I think, like, just to address the original post, um, I think he was saying QBR yeah, over 70. Yeah, one year with a QBR um, over 70. And, yeah. like, Jamie brought up Josh Allen. Josh Allen has one season with a completion percentage better than 66%. Josh Allen has two seasons out of five with a QBR over 70. Um, like, those those numbers don't aren't as damning of Jackson as they sound, I don't think. Um I, I don't really get it. I suspect but. if if there's a I suspect that it's he's a player that you have to change your offense for and he's not necessarily just going to seamlessly fit in. And that could be the hesitation. You know, I don't know that he'd be good if he if they tried to turn him into a drop back passer. He's got to be Lamar Jackson. But he's right. obviously so good cuz was it 2 well, years Well, that's why Andy makes the most sense. It's like 2 years because in a they're, row they're, they were in They're first. Place. They were in first place when he got hurt two years in a row, right? I mean, I know it was in 2021. Um, I don't. I think so in 2022. But like, he's a, yeah. he's a winning quarterback without question. Right. I, just, I just wonder if I could actually I could actually buy the argument that you got to pay all this money to a guy where you have to change your entire offense for him. That could be what's holding it up. What's, hold, but what's that, preventing? To me, teams. like I said, that's why the Colts make the most sense because you have a coach that's been with Jalen Hurts so there's a familiarity of this style of play to to whatever degree you want to compare the two yeah and you have really there, there's nothing that you have to retool because you're, you're starting from scratch you know they're right. going to bring in a new quarterback to begin with all right well it's a good question and a good NFL debate this is from Jim in Michigan he says drink the Kool-Aid go Lions and here's a bold take for 2023 Jared Goff finishes higher than Joe Burrow in points per game, and his Azer stat reasoning is that they had very similar stats last year, and Goff got vultured a bunch of times, 17 touchdowns for Jamal Williams. If half of those were passing touchdowns, Goff would have been ahead of Burrow last season. Uh, I'm gonna make I'm gonna give you an even better Azer stat. He had eight completions that were down to the one yard line, and only one of them was followed up by a Jared Goff passing touchdown. Six of them were followed up by Jamal Williams rushing touchdowns. So I'm not going to give him an extra eight. I could see giving him an extra four touchdowns. But um, anyway, 
But the bold prediction is that Jared Goff finishes higher than Joe Burrow in points per game. And what do you guys think about this, Heath? Uh, well, I hope that uh, Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt in the middle of his first game. And this is true. Um, I, I do think it's this brings up a point. Like when teams make leaps like the Lions did, like Jacksonville did, like the Giants did, um, there's there's several other, I'm sure, from last year. More often than not, there's a step back the next year and not just a continuation of you go from four wins to nine wins to now you win 12 games. So um, I was pretty excited about the Lions going into last year, and maybe maybe they will win the division. But I'm, I'm, I think things might not go as well for them this year as they did last year. I think typically when you see that, which is the, the fear for me with the Giants, for example, sorry, Adam, but it's, it's the, the first-year coach because that's when you see you know change. And in the Lions' case, I mean, Dan Campbell's been there now a few. They've been building towards something, you know. So, like, I, I don't necessarily see them taking a step back. And it's not like they made a huge leap. And the same thing with Jacksonville, for example. I know it's a new coach, but they didn't exactly make a huge leap from a win standpoint. You know, like, the Giants made a huge leap from a win standpoint. Jacksonville, yeah. and what I, I mean, obviously Jacksonville made a huge leap from a win standpoint. But I, I think, you know, to get to that, they're, they could still, I think, improve. Because, again, they've, they've been, with the quarterback they have, that's probably the, the, the best way to put it. Um, the Lions, I think they've been building toward this. Well, and yeah. Jacksonville's advantage is that, like, who who in that division is going to compete with them? That's not yeah, the only advantage. one I could see, to be honest with you, is if Tennessee doesn't, you know, completely fall apart and Ryan Tannehill has sort of what he did a couple of seasons ago. But there's a lot of ifs there, especially with that defense. But if Houston's quarterback comes in and is good right away, that roster is very, very solid. Their defense is very – I mean, we talked about this a lot last year, how their secondary just improved, and we never really gave them credit for it. It was like, are they, how are they doing this? How they, they can't you – know, it's just fluky. Yeah, their yeah. Defense is, the secondary is, is, is good. I think their, their pass rush will be better. Um, offensive line, I think, is heading in the right direction. Run game is certainly heading in the right direction. If the quarterback comes in and they can have a passing game that's going to scare some people, they'll threaten Jacksonville. It's, it's the same thing. You know, the, the division is, is great, as we talked about. They get – that they get the NFC South, so it's a favorable schedule for whoever's good in the AFC South. I have a couple of things to say here. First of all, I think we've learned never discount, never count out Tennessee when they have Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry. They're still Tennessee uh, as long as they have Tannehill. I mean, they 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 probably they would have won the division last year if they had Ryan Tannehill. I would say, um, but yeah. I also think it's easier to buy into surprise offenses when you buy into their quarterback. And that was what I was saying. The advantage Jacksonville has is that they have Trevor Lawrence, so it's very easy for us to get excited about Lawrence and buy into that. Jared Goff does not inspire a lot of confidence, even though he played well last year. Uh, They were the fifth-highest scoring team in the NFL, so uh, they'll probably take a step back from that. But Ben Johnson's proven himself so far in a year and a half to be a really good coordinator. Uh, They've got the offensive line. They've got... Two good receivers, we hope, if Jamison Williams pans out. They've got good running backs. I could buy them as still a very good offense, Heath. The Lions. Yeah. Um, I, I think they'll be good. I, I don't know about very good. And yeah. I, I think in fairness to Jared Goff, like versus Trevor Lawrence, what what would last year for Trevor Lawrence, where, where would that season rank amongst Jared Goff's best seasons? Third? Second or third. But, but like, come on. 
Come on. What are you trying to say? That that Jared Goff is as good as Trevor Lawrence? I'm trying to say that Jared Goff was the first overall pick in the draft and has had at least two seasons better than what Trevor Lawrence did last year. <sighs> yes, based on... Based that was on, Adam's sigh. I got an oh Acer gosh. sigh. Yes. You're killing me. Yeah, I mean, technically it's true, but, but also... <laughs> Come on, come on. Like, it's so much easier to buy into Trevor Lawrence than it is Jared Goff. Of course. Okay, okay. Thank, thank you, Jamie. I needed that. Of course, I needed that. Uh, this is from Sean. I know his no-trade clause has been waived, but I keep hearing New England as a possible team for DeAndre Hopkins. Seriously, is Hopkins going to play for Bill O'Brien? I mean, I would imagine if they traded for him and said, we're giving you X amount of money, <laughs> he's going to say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make it work. Uh, but yes, it, it would be a little bit of a surprise to see him go play for the coach who did not want him in Houston. Okay, we can leave it at that. Let's go to our next question here. Um, oh, this is a good one. So this is from Cameron from the city with the reigning National League MVP. I don't have a clue. I have no idea who won the MVP last year. Oh, oh, it was uh, Goldschmidt, right? Yeah, I think I think St. Louis. Okay. Regar- in regards to Brees Hall and Javante Williams, why does it seem like everyone in the industry is completely out on Javante, but everyone talks about Brees Hall if he is, as if he's going to be ready for week one and all is right in the world? According to my research, Javante suffered a grade three ACL tear as well as a grade three LCL tear in week four of last year. Brees Hall suffered a grade three ACL tear as well as a meniscus tear in week seven of last year. Hall suffered his injury about a month after Javante. He goes on, uh, and I think it's a good email though. So guys, yep. why why Heath is the industry and fantasy, you know, the fantasy community so different on Hall versus Javante? I I think part of it might be that people think that Brees Hall is better than Javante Williams when they're both healthy. Um, so I think that would be the starting point, but otherwise I think that the email makes very good points. Like there's been, we've not heard anyone say that Brees Hall could be ready for week one or could miss the entire season. So there has been more concern expressed about the downside for Javante Williams this year, but I am concerned about both of them. Neither of them are top 12 running backs for me currently. And that probably won't change until their full goes in training camp. And I, I don't know if that will happen. Jamie, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, yes, they both suffered significant knee injuries. From what I've saw, seen from, from reports, uh, Javante's situation a little bit worse than Brees Hall. Brees Hall's already been seen running a little bit. I don't know if I've seen that from Javante. And I think you look at some of the off-season situations, you know, Denver bringing in somebody. Now, granted, they needed a backup, but um, the Jets don't seem to have interest in the report about Ezekiel Elliott. And it sounds like, by all accounts, they feel pretty confident that Brees Hall will be ready for week one. So I feel much more confident in him than I do Javante. And, and as he said, uh, there's a talent situation here as well. Okay. I think we're going to kind of go faster here for the rest of them. So let's start with this one. Uh, it is a good tight end class in the NFL draft. So the question, I don't have a name on the question with, uh, the tight end premiums costing a higher high value draft pick. Do you recommend waiting for some of the rookie tight ends who could be top 10 their rookie year? Do you think using your first four picks in the draft on positions that are not tight end will yield higher quality of a roster than using a tight end pick that high? So I'm guessing this sounds like it's a tight end premium league. 
Uh, Heath, what do you think? Should you prioritize a veteran tight end with an early pick or wait for one of these rookies? Yeah, I don't want to wait for the rookies. Um, if I'm going to draft a rookie, it's going to be because I drafted two tight ends late. And that's fine, but I would like to just get a really good tight end early. Why not do both? Get a proven guy and then take a flyer on a rookie and have that be your backup slash upside play. And and I think just from a... Um, I was just trying to think as you were asking the question, Adam, like what rookie tight ends have come in recently and done well? Like we had Pat Fryermuth two years ago. He was decent, but he scored touchdowns. Chigo Conquo last year was decent, but you know, not exactly off the charts. Like we just don't see those guys come in and make significant plays. And and clearly where they end up is going to matter as well. You know, yeah. Trey McBride, for example, last year, you know, ended up in a bad spot going in. And then Zach Ertz got hurt. And it is not exactly like his numbers took off and he was considered the best of the class you know so don't forget pits where they end up certainly matters but I, I think you know you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're counting on that to be the the difference in your fantasy league when you can invest in somebody who's obviously done it already yeah don't forget pits he had a thousand yards he didn't have a great fantasy season because of the low touchdowns as a rookie but he set the rookie record for receiving yards yes yeah but i mean there's that's you're talking about a top five pick right you know? yeah all right dave and flint I have both DeAndre Swift and Khalil Herbert, so the David Montgomery news affected me heavily. What I am wondering, is there any world where DeAndre Swift is RB1 for Detroit? Montgomery gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the only one, yeah. Okay, that's that's kind of a downer. This is from Garrett in a town north of Atlanta. I will say New York City. Uh, dear Joel, Elise, Tess, oh no, Joel Ellie, Tess and Tommy. What does that feel like a like a Yellowstone? Right? Joel, Ellie, Tess, and Tommy. It just feels very country. Oh, the, last, the last of us. Of us. Oh. Oh yeah. I've only seen two episodes. So far, so good. Okay. Anyway, here's Garrett's question. Keeper question. Ten team PPR, keep three. For a total of three years at the round they were originally drafted in, which three would you be keeping from this group? Justin Fields in round 16, 10-team PPR, 1QB. Fields round 16, Eckler round 1, Javante Williams round 6. I can only keep him for one more year. A.J. Brown round 2, Tyler Lockett round 10, Christian Watson round 12, Cam Akers round 15, can only keep for one more year. Fields and Watson feel like the easy two, two choices. Yep. And then I would probably go Cam Akers just based on the value, even though you only keep him one more year. Yeah, because like you don't have that distinction put next to Austin Eckler's name, but it's probably true just because of his age and he's a running back. If if I had like the ninth or tenth pick, I might just keep Eckler as well. But if I have an earlier pick, it would definitely be Akers. All right. I would say also, though, Sorry. if you have an early pick, you might consider A.J. Brown because if you're at the back end of the second yep. round and you have that for three years, that's not a bad call either. All right, let's take a break here, and when we come back, we'll read a few more emails, and our producer, Zach Brook, has a hot take on food. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Mailbag Show. This is from Matt. Grade the trade. Give up Alexander Madison. Get the 12th pick of the rookie draft. Pick one, 1.12 for Madison. Hey. Yeah, I, I guess. Do you, but the question becomes, though, do you want to do that now? And then they release <laughs> Calvin Cook. Yeah, I would say if you, if, I don't know. How, how, long, how long, long can you wait? Because if they do release Calvin Cook, then you're not getting him for 112. Yeah. Uh, Dynasty 12 team Superflex half PPR. I have picks 3, 8, 10, and 13. So 3, 8, 10, and 13 in a 12 team Superflex league. Should he go quarterback at 3? Should he go wide receiver at 8? Like, what advice, Jamie, would you give to this drafter in a Superflex league who has 3, 8, 10, and 13? I mean, not knowing what the roster looks like is a little difficult, but I, I oh, think. Oh, sorry. You know, sorry. He has Burrow and Geno Smith at quarterback. Yeah, you need a quarterback because obviously Geno's not going to be their long-term answer. So, you know, you would assume in the first three picks, the first two picks, Bijan's one of them. So, you know, then you have your option of Stroud, Young, Richardson, Levis. You know, I, I would probably look quarterback at three. Unless, of course, Bijan falls, then you just no-brainer. Yeah, it's he put in there um, the top three quarterbacks. Should I take one of them? I would say you should take one of the top two quarterbacks or Bijan. Okay. Uh, this is from Steven. Hey, Drew, Jimmy, Matt, and Tom. Drew, Jimmy, Matt, and Tom. And Tom, once upon a time, replaced Drew. And then yes. Tom got suspended, and Jimmy replaced him. So Patriots quarterbacks. Yeah. Tom hurt his knee, and Matt replaced him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I remember the knee injury. I don't think I would have gotten the replacement. That's bad. I should have gotten that. Ken Walker or Travis Etienne? Who should I keep? Both are round 11 picks. Walker. Yep. And then Matt went to the team that hurt Tom's knee. Did he? Yes. <laughs> okay, this is uh, the... Oh, here are our... You know Matt's last name? That was Matt Castle, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you remember the last name of the guy who hurt Tom's knee? He is shares a last name with... Probably the consensus breakout running back of 2023. No. Who was Pollard. it? Pollard. 
Pollard. Oh, no. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I mean, I, I vaguely. Uh, okay, this is an Apple podcast question from a Toyota's a Toyota. Thanks to Jamie for reminding me about checking on Malik Davis in my Dynasty League. How much should I bid on him with a fab budget of $400? An eight-team league where we start three quarterbacks, tight end premium. Uh, how much would you bid on Malik Davis? If you could add him now, I would not spend much because I think they're going to add another running back in the draft. But if we come out of the draft and you're not able to make picks, make, make ad drops before them, then he's going to be significant. But I, I'd be very shocked if they go into the, the season with Tony Pollard coming off a significant injury, Ronald Jones being Ronald Jones, and Malik Davis as their only three guys. So a small bit. Okay, this is from iPod Playa, or it could be someone on the beach, the iPod Playa. Says, hey, George, Jerry, Elaine, and Kramer, how do you go about doing preseason and then weekly kicker rankings? This is not a joke. I genuinely want to know your process of ranking kickers. Well, Heath is probably the best one to ask because he's for <laughs> <Yeah>. a lot of <laughs> Well, see, I go to the roster page of all the NFL teams and I get the names of all the kickers for all the teams and I make sure that I have all the kickers for all the teams in my top 32. That's good. I could have done I do that too, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, what's your kicker process? Um, it depends on the time of year because I like to take weather into account. Uh, so that matters in terms of weekly rankings. Um, indoor usually gets favorable uh, preference over outdoor kickers unless, of course, you're talking about Justin Tucker. But it's, a lot of it is, you know, the, the top 10 doesn't vary very much because Evan McPherson's typically in the top 10. Harrison Bucker's typically in the top 10. Uh, Tuck, Tucker's obviously up there, you know, but um, I tend to readjust from when we do our initial rankings by the end of the week because we have to, for start sit, have to do at least one star kicker, one sit kicker. So I do look at some trends for kickers, you know, who's been giving up a lot of points, who gives up the most points. Um, so I, I also like to look at what the season production is for teams allowing the most field goals. And I tend to bump those guys, bump those opponents up um, as well. But preseason, it's typically just based on what offenses I think are going to be successful and what kickers have done well in, in recent years. Okay. Here is a question from Matt in San Diego. How would you handle a 2023 rookie auction draft? 12-team super flex, start three running backs, four wide receivers, tight end, and a flex. Sorry, so it's a salary cap draft. Each team has $100 to budget, and you can trade uh, fab dollars. So, Heath, you're the you're the... Mr. Dynasty, what do you got for us? Uh, this year specifically, I would, I mean, it, it depends in a super flex, but with three running backs, <clears throat> if my quarterbacks would set, I, I would take and spend pretty much whatever it takes to get Bijan. If I walked out of that draft and the only player I got was Bijan, if my quarterbacks were set, I'd feel pretty good about that. Okay, great. Well, I'm interested in this food take. Zach Brooke has a hot take on food, and I have no idea where this is going. Let's let's hear it, Zach. So you know everybody puts um, cereal in before they put milk in. Oh, you put. No, it's milk? not that. It's, no, it's, no, no, it's not okay. that. When you when you're pouring a glass of ice water, do you go water first or ice first? Ice. I think it tastes different. Ooh, that is a pretty hot take. It was a cold take about a cold, it's a hot take about a cold beverage but it's i think it tastes different what's better 
I think water than ice is better. How could this possibly taste any different? So, so I, I have a question. You're taking the ice, then obviously you're opening the freezer and getting the ice out with your hand. You're not filling the cup with water and then splashing it in from Correct. the ice machine. Yeah, ice okay. then water. So you just like the way your hands taste. Not really. No, I got the I got the thing that the ice the ice comes out. Yeah, the, the ice comes out and then the water. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I think there's a difference. Wait a second. Wait, like, uh, wait a second. Wait a second. You got you got the ice dispenser from the fridge. Is that what you're saying? Like you correct. Put, you, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you put a cup of water underneath the ice dispenser, and then the ice comes in and splashes the water all around. No, 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 no. Empty cup, ice comes out. Then you put water in. Like if you did right. a blind like a blind taste test, I could tell you if the ice went first or the water went first. Okay, but you're saying it tastes better when the water's in first. No, no, no. When the ice is when in the first. ice is in first. Uh, okay. And now when you've done it the opposite way. Not as good. You go water in the cup, and then you put it under the, f- the freezer, and then the ice comes in, and, and then it splashes all around. Yeah, and then it's not as good. Because you lost so much water? Or just- I don't know. I just think, I just think it tastes different. I don't know. That's I really put- interesting. I wish I, had the, I wish I had a freezer like that to do this experiment. I don't put ice in my water. Another yeah. good point. What's the, why even do that, Zach? I don't know. I think it just tastes better. And then if you leave the ice water in the fridge for like an hour, it tastes even better. If I want something that's going to taste good, I will drink something besides water. <laughs> oh, water. <laughs> Water's I would delicious. like for my water. Like I just I drink water because I'm supposed to, but generally I will fill a glass of water and just drink it all right there, set the glass down and walk away. I don't like b- take water with me. Nah, it's, it's different. There's, lot, there's lots of it. Let's see this guy right here, Captain Spock. Don't get into rocket science. There's like a scientific method to all of this. I, so. Captain Spock is, has, is, says that Captain Spock last night said that uh, David Njoku is going to be a top five tight end. I called it a bold prediction, and he thinks that is not bold. He's wrong about that. Calling Njoku top five tight end is, is bold. Uh, so I'm not li- really listening to him right now. But, I, you know, first of all, Heath, you're wrong about water. Um, it's, it's delicious. And um, Oh, I, yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've got some good tasting water right here. That's what? That's flavored water. <laughs> yeah. I love water, but which should give you a hint that if they have to make flavored water, yeah, water doesn't have flavor. I think smart water tastes different than regular water. Yeah, different brands taste different. I mean, I could tell you what a Dasani. You know, I could take a blind taste test of a Dasani water and know it's Dasani or something like. You know, it's different than Zephyr Hills. I don't like that one. I don't think it's that good. What's that? Yeah, I would know. I would know the difference between Zephyr Hills and Dizani. Is that what you're asking? Oh, 100%. Um, all right, this is interesting. I, I would love to carry out this experiment. So you like you like the ice and then the water? Yeah, so I think it's better. Okay. Um, good, to, good stuff. Everybody, try it at home. We will talk to you on Monday with another edition of Fantasy Football Today. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you later, and good luck to your baseball team. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 